Welcome in to the Irish NFL Show, looking ahead to week five Sunday. A real, real slate of games. Colin Cronin, Brian O'Leary, Mark Cockerell. Presented by Cassidy Travel, Ireland's number one travel agent. Check out our bio for more information. And check out the bio link for NFL Game Pass ahead of this weekend, including a game on Sunday. Uh, the Giants against the Packers in Londres, in London town. Um, anyone on that 6am flight on Sunday morning from Dublin, buy your boy a coffee. Roughly, F. Okay, we're going to jump in to the first game we're going to talk about and that is Kenny Pickett and the Pittsburgh Steelers Woof, going up against the Buffalo Bills column talk me around how can the Steelers win this game on Sunday does Josh Allen need to uh, sleep in um, fall asleep or is there any situation in which you can see the Steelers going to Buffalo and winning well it's any it's any given Sunday and this year has been the year of parity more than any others. I mean, they, we've won unbeaten team in, in the league. Um, certainly, it's it's an enormous ask. And, um, you know, g- given that this is not um, a, a Steelers team of old, I think probably too big of an ask. But um, you may have well have discussed Kenny Pickett on Monday's show um, that I wasn't on. But I actually, I really liked him on, on Sunday. Um, I thought, obviously, look, he, he throws 13 passes. Not a single one of them hits the ground three end up in the opposition's uh, arms. I thought one of them was a bad pick, like he, a really bad decision from him. I thought one was 50-50. I thought, I thought his receiver probably could have done more. I thought he went down the field. I don't think Mitchell T is ever making that throw. And the other is a Hail Mary at the end of the game. What, what, what are you essentially going to do? You throw it up and you, you see what happens. But his other 10 passes were completions and he ran for two touchdowns. He was infinitely more dynamic than Mitchell Trubisky infinitely more who um you know uh, lo- looked uh, like the uh, proverbial uh, bulldog licking uh, you know what in the dressing room af- afterwards um which i can't imagine will have uh, pleased uh, mike mike tomlin but they're going to pick for me against a bill side who i didn't i thought the bills would be too beat up last week but they found a way and to come back and to beat the ravens and that is the sign of a really good team when you can win when um you know your everything is essentially going against you and you still find a way to to come back uh, and win I think that is uh, a really good sign for the Bills, not surprising. Um, they have lots of players still to come back, and even though they're still a little bit banged up, I think they'll have enough to overcome the the Steelers. Brian, I, have to, I do have to shout out Richard Chambers and the Bolivian national team play. It's something like 11,000 foot, and it's apparently a nightmare away game. Back to the talk. Thanks, Richard. Back to the talk on the Bills against the Steelers. What's your thoughts, Brian? I'm presuming going on your jersey selection this evening, you're going for the Steelers. No, Michael, I won't be going for the Steelers. I'll be going for the Bills. And uh, I see the, the betting line in this is 14 points. So that's that's fair. Like sometimes you look at the betting line and the handicap, and you're like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't seems a bit to start. Not in this case. Um, I felt Kenny Pickett should have started from the start of the season. Um, he was on a hiding, did nothing going in. Last week at halftime, and he still played played really well. ESPN put him some great coverage this week from behind the camera, behind the drives, and you could see the difference in terms of his mobility in the pocket, his awareness in the pocket compared to 
compared to uh, Trubitsky, they were shown samples of similar plays and where he got the ball off and he completed passes. But right now, their best player in terms of reception is their tight end, um, Friermount. I think that's the way in which it's pronounced. Um, they're not getting a lot from any other players. Uh, Pickens had a little bit of an upward turn last weekend, 102 yards off six receptions. But they're struggling. Najee Harris has only gone for 200 yards over the course of four games, one touchdown. He hasn't progressed from what we saw last year. I think maybe that's to do with the struggles as well on the offensive line. I can't see anything other than a Bills victory. That was a significant win, win for the Bills last week. Collins, right? They were down so many players, and yet they found a way to come back from 17 points against a team that most teams, most people feel will challenge them for the playoffs and tends to be in the Super Bowl. Certainly the championship game come January. So I can't see anything. And Bills are, are at home. You know, Bills Mafia. It's, it's going to be a difficult day. It's going to be a huge, steep learning curve for Kenny Pickett come Sunday. Uh, Michael, I think gambling officially started when Adam turned around to God and said, I bet I bet she won't eat that apple. I bet she won't eat that apple. Of course, God won that bet. Ever since that, since the time immemorial, there has never been a surer bet or a surer thing than the Bills beating the Steelers this weekend. Since betting and spreads were ever, you know, tracked, let's say, I mean, in the you're, NFL. You're the putting Steelers yourself out there been, saying this. No, no, no. But I mean, Steeler has never. The Steelers have never been a fourteen-point underdog in any game in their history that we've had betting spreads for. Thirteen point five points to Dallas in um, Super Bowl in the seventies was as bad as it's been, and they lost that by ten. They're they're not a good team. Kenny Pickett. I don't think they've sent him up success. I said it before. I don't think that Tomlin's actually given him the best opportunity to succeed in relation to this, and the Bills. Rightly called out, coming back, you know, against the Ravens with a very tough run of Dolphins versus Ravens. I know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is a trap game. Maybe the Bills are going to take their foot off the gas, and it's a classical trap game. They're looking past the Steelers. But I think the betting lines are right. I think this is a one-way traffic. I think the Bills at home, with the defense they've got, especially with the offense they've got, have more than enough to handle the Steelers. And Mike Tomlin, look, Mike Tomlin's an amazing coach. But he will be doing something. I mean, like he probably had a better team when he had Doc Hodges, wasn't it? Doc Hodges, wasn't it? And you know, you know, a quarterback filling in for Roethlisberger a few, few times. Um, I just remember Doc Doc, Doc, Doc Doc Hodges, yeah, 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 Doc Hodges. I mean, like he's had some bad teams he's brought to an eight and eight record somehow. If he does this, the man should be beatified. Like it will truly be two miracles in one to get this team to five hundred. So bills for me all the way, Michael. How do you follow that? Uh, I'll follow it with this. This game will be over by the half, uh, and you'll see Mitchell Trubisky in the middle of the third quarter on the field. The Steelers, Kenny Pickett will not be able to cope in Buffalo. Will he go through a metaphorical table? Potentially, he won't finish the game. God help him, the wee path. Um, Steelers defense will hold him for maybe the first quarter. Josh Allen will sling it down the field. Four passing touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, four sevens. 28, 35, 42 to 3. Final. This is not even a remote exercise. And Mark went as far as saying it was a bigger lock than Adam and Eve, and then said, Oh, well, it could be a trap game. It's not going to be a trap game. It's not going to happen. The, the Steelers are not going to Buffalo and winning. Get it out of your mind. If you're going to potentially bet in the Steelers, take your money, fire it into an envelope, and send it to me because you might as well. You're better off. There's no point. Um, I said I have the Bears picking first this year, next year in the draft. I'm 
very close to changing that. No, 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 no. This team is poor. Very poor. I mean, look at their game against the Patriots. That was one of the worst games I've ever watched. So, no. And, you know, I had this this discussion the other day, and I don't want to be a a deadbeat downer, lads. There are some very, very poor teams in this league this season, more so than usual. And the slate of games this Sunday in the early window post-London, not great. And this is not a good game, and I'll not be watching it. Is it on TV? This game? Yeah. No, I don't believe so. Good. That's all I have to say. If, if you're a Steelers fan watching this and you are looking for a little bit of hope, I saw a tweet earlier from Missy Matthews and from NFL Research. The Steelers um, rookie QB, obviously, we know, Kenny Pickett, it's his first career start going up against the number one pass defense. The last rookie QB to beat the number one pass defense on their first career start Big Ben Roethlisberger back in 2004. So if you're looking for if you're looking for a sign, I think we've all said the Bills are going to win. But if you're a Steelers fan looking for a sign, maybe that's it. So I mean, Colin, if your mom was your dad, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah. So Colin, I think I called out on the Monday show that uh, when Roethlisberger came in in relief of Tommy Maddox in 2004, he threw two interceptions, but then won his next 15 regular season starts. So you know. Steelers fans, it can be done. It can be done. Let's let's be fair as well. Like their defense, like it's not like they've been blown out in any game. I know that obviously the level of in terms of the competition is going to go up a level this come Sunday, and, and the Bills put up a lot of points on most teams when they play at home. But by and large, with the exception maybe of the second half against the Browns on that Thursday night, their defense has been very solid this year. So, like, let's not underestimate Tomlin scheming defensively to find a way to stop Josh Allen or at least keep him in check. We're saying it's going to be a blowout. I'm saying it's going to be a comfortable win. I don't, I'm not at the 42-point level that Michael seems to be at the moment. I'm thinking more around 27-7, something along those lines, because the Bills have bigger games to come. Will they be going all guns blazing to keep putting scores up? I'm not sure. I think you might find a scenario where they'll ease off come the late tour fourth quarter. We saw Josh Allen a couple of weeks back be taken out of the game. When they were comfortably winning against the Titans at home on the Monday Night Football, we could see a similar scenario again where he's taken out a game and allowed a game just to phase out. Um, just before we go off this, Michael, I need to ask Colm a question. Colm, should I should I help Steelers fans by reverse cursing the game? No, let's move on. No, 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 no. I'm going to re- just no. reverse curse very quickly, Michael. It doesn't matter if it's Mitch Trubisky. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's Kenny Pickett. It wouldn't matter if it was Jesus Christ himself at quarterback this Sunday. The Steelers are going to lose to the Bills. And the last two times I've used that line, the exact opposite has occurred. So that's my gift to the Steelers fans this weekend. Bills have got the Chiefs and the Packers over the next two weeks after this. Very difficult game against the Chiefs. We'll come back on Monday and talk about the Packers. Mm. The next game we're going to talk about is uh, oh here we go the Chargers going up against the Cleveland Browns uh, in the early window um, column I picked the Falcons last week and I'll do my Nigel Farage moment you all laughed at me well you're not laughing now I don't get this Browns team without Deshaun Watson and even if he is there he hasn't played in like two years and they can't he can only run the ball so much um, what do the Browns have to do outside of running the ball to beat the Chargers and something 
that's that's really what they they have to do is essentially run run all over them and and stop the the chargers um run game um which was so ineffective up until um la- last week like who I, I think you could ask the question about both of these sides who are the browns and, and who are the chargers um I, I don't think either of them really has uh, their identity figured out um as as yet um the the thing i i suppose for me though is with the the browns talked about nick chubb last week um when i when i look at this the the browns are given up um nearly seven yards um per pass and the Browns have played Baker Mayfield, Joe Flacco, Mitchell T, who uh, I just disparaged and have disparaged many times on this show, and Mariota last week. Um, Mariota is the best of, of those QBs. And when you've given up, when you're that, that sort of yardage to put that collection, that's enormously concerning when you are going to be facing um justin herbert um i'm i i i don't know if mark is going to have i'm sure there may well be a joke from mark surely about a good week for the chargers given the eu's decision to mandate uh, that all chargers have to be the same by the end of 2024 um surely there'll be something coming up uh but for for me i think the the chargers will win this uh i think the Browns uh, have a lot of figuring out to to do, and um, Jacoby's doing what he can, but it is a, a ship that looks kind of rudderless at the moment. Um, I think I made my thoughts very clear on Brandon Staley, didn't I, on Monday show about how he just seemed to be able to put this defense back together despite numerous changes in the offseason. They're still struggling. They gave up 24 points to the Texans the other day. Um, their run game in terms of their run defense still hasn't materialized in terms of getting it back together from what we saw last year. I think they were in the top, the, sorry, the worst three in the league last year to stop the run <clears throat> alongside the Steelers, for example. <clears throat> Excuse me, and they're going up against Chubb, who has 459 yards, five touchdowns this season, and they got the compliment of Hunt last weekend. In fairness, for the Browns, they were missing some significant players on defense, which lended a hand in terms of how they lost that game. Miles Garrett was out. Clowney was out, both are, are back, expected to play. Huge uplift for him this week. Greedy Williams, great player, cornerback, has come off the IR. He's going to play this weekend. And you're saying about, is it, is it going to be all the run game? Well, in fairness, the part of last week, Mary Cooper had four games in a row, plus 100 yards, touchdown in each game. He's building up a good uh, a good relationship with Jacoby. And right now, I just don't trust the Chargers. They're just, they, they blow hot and cold. And this one could be a call because it could be a call day in Cleveland on Sunday. So I think the Browns are going to win. They'll in on the run game and they'll find a way to get over the line. Um, I think they'll be the Chargers defence again, lets them down. And Herbert will have a good game. They'll probably find ways to put points up. But um, I still think the Browns will do enough to win the game. Colm, you think I'm going to make a pun about the USBC or something like that? No, no, I wouldn't have <laughs> that, anything. That is the stupidest rule ever, by the way. What? Why? Why do oh, we have I, to now have different? I, I'm, I'm, I'm all in favour. Like, no. having you won't sell them anymore with their phones. You'll have to go and buy one separately. And like, oh. Apple, we're going to do that in any way eventually, given what they've already taken from us. Oh, welcome everyone to Technology Weekly, where we discuss developments in even. mobile phone chargers. <laughs> the uh, Adrian, Adrian Rector will be on next week's show. <laughs> 
So, um, no, I wouldn't make a, a, a pun about that, but, you know, I was trying to think, who was the god of lightning? So Zeus was the god of lightning, and then he divided the world along with his brothers Hades and Poseidon into their three realms. Um, the Chargers, therefore, are Zeus. They can throw thunderbolts at any point. Justin Herbert still, to my mind, throws the prettiest deep ball in the NFL. But the problem is they've still got people locked up in the underworld with Hades. They don't have the longest injury list, but they've probably got the most impactful. Uh, Slater's on IR. Uh, but, um, Bosa's on IR. Sorry. Yeah, it is Bosa. Sorry, I was trying to think of which Bosa. Is it Joey or Nick? Because I was trying to remember who they played for. Joey's on I, uh, IR. Um, and they still got Keenan Allen's questionable and uh, Hopkins is questionable in relation to the game. Like they're four very impactful players. We're not talking about the back end, of the 53 here. We're talking about players that make a difference. And frankly, they're still trying to figure themselves out, as you rightly allude to. And they're still trying to work through some of those key missing pieces. So that deals with Zeus, that deals with Hades. Well, what am I talking about with Poseidon and the watery piece? Well, you know, you've got to wage your way through water. And the problem is the Chargers running game is like it's going not just through water, through treacle. They are abysmal running, even with the talent of Austin Eckler there. So they're a one-dimensional team on offense. And yes, the Browns have played less than a murderer's row. But when you're playing an opponent who has averaged three times more yards per um, game than you have, and you have a questionable run defense. I totally get where Brian's coming from the idea that the Browns can control this game, they control it with a run, they control it with a clock, and they can control it with a defense that is perennially top five, top 10 in the NFL and continues to help them dominate games. But here's the rubber I agree with Colin. Look who they've played so far. They have not played a quarterback of the level of Justin Herbert with the skill set of the Chargers overall. And one of these teams will be in contention at the end of the season and will get some of their key players back from injury and will win this game and go on to continue their march to the playoffs. That, for me, is going to be the Chargers and not the Browns. I like the run game and I like what the, the Browns have done under circumstances in which they... Let me just rephrase that. I like what the team has done in terms of the players, in terms of grouping together in difficult times at the start of the season. I do not like the management or the ownership structure there in any way, shape or form. I do do not endorse that at all. Um, I think they've done very, very well to get to the point they are in now. The problem that I see is they're just as inconsistent as the Chargers. They let 31 points in against the Jets. Yeah, they can run the ball all they want, but that defense will stop them for the Chargers on Sunday. I would go as far as saying that I think that Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt will rush together for under 110 yards on Sunday. Maximum one rush touchdown. And I think they'll struggle against the Chargers team that will come out. They need to win. They have to win. You've got a massive AFC West matchup on Monday night. And, and Herbert will fire that ball down the field like a god that Mark mentioned, Zeus or Homer. Not Homer Simpson or whoever you want to mention. Herbert's just too good. That's the reality of it. If you can get the run game together, they'll win well. I do think it'll be close. Um, I've got the Chargers winning by a touchdown. Okay. Uh, the next game that we are going to talk about um, is the Texans going up against the Jags. Uh, this is a really interesting game because, Colin, the Texans 
scored about 24 points last week, albeit some of it was meh, but uh, everyone's high on the Jaguars. I don't think any of it, I don't think any of us expected or picked the Jaguars to be in the situation that they're in now, um, in the sense of they're they could win their division if they continue to play like this. Trevor Lawrence is very inconsistent at the minute in the sense of he'll do one amazing thing and then he'll mess it up. But that's a young quarterback and that's a guy that wasn't coached last year in his first year in the league. you got to give him time. What's your thoughts on this game? It's in Jacksonville. Well, uh, the, the big news in the lead-up to the game is obviously the retirement of the boat. Blake Bortles has uh, decided to exit uh, stage left uh, after um, an NFL career in which he could and, and really should um, uh, have gone to the Super Bowl. Uh, some interesting decisions, as we all remember, in uh, that particular game. Miles Jack wasn't down. Um, anyway, uh, mo- moving along, I did see a great tweet from uh, F- Philip Heilman uh, earlier, which uh, <laughs> he, he had spoken to Bortles, right? back in, This is back in December 2016. And Bortles had uh, interceptions returned, paid pick sixes in three games against the Texans, three games in a row. And so um, Heilman asks him, what does, what does he need to do better? And Bortles replies, I got to be a better tackler. <laughs> which is the perfect summation of Blake Bortles and Blake Bortles' NFL career. Kudos to, to Blake Bortles. You're, uh, at least that side of you will be missed, if, if not your Colin, play. Blake Bortles could do a job in London on Sunday. For, For the, if Daniel Jones is out. <clears throat> no, we, 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 we need someone to pour drinks. Yeah. Well, yeah, that too. I mean, Daniel can do that. And then Blake, I'm joking, but like Blake Bort, I, I'm surprised he's retired. I'm just putting it out there. I thought he could have got one more go. At the end of the day, if Case Keenum had a few years in him, and Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater is on how much money in Miami at the minute? But Colm's right. He should have got to the Super Bowl. Can we talk about this game, please? Come on. The, the thing to say about this game is the, the Jags are on the up. I mean, look, for, if you mentioned it earlier, if not for Lawrence's four four fumbles last week they may have beaten the eagles um so the the jags have been very impressive talked about it on the show previously uh, what they do with their defense particularly in terms of their front seven really really impressive they're going to beat the texans yeah i don't want to be dismissive of texans fans who may be out there watching the show and that we don't talk about them for too long the reality is this jags offense is top 10 scoring in the league their running game is top five in the league. They're going up against the worst rushing team to stop the run in the league in the Texans. And whilst the Texans have some bright spots in their rookies, Damian Pierce and Nico Collins, who've done quite well, I don't see how they can live with a Jags team that are going in the right direction. And to play the Eagles so tight last week was promising them for the fumbles. Who knows? Texans have beaten the Jags eight times in a row. Well, that run is definitely going to come to an end on Sunday. It's the Jags all day for me. Yeah, I mean, the Texans, we've talked a few things. I mean, they are the only team without a win in the NFL. They are throwing Lovey Smith under the bus, just like they threw um, their coach last year under the bus. Davis Mills is not the answer. He's had enough time to show that that's not the case. And yet they've no decent backup to even consider moving to, unless you want to put Jeff Driscoll in in a Driscoll special package. Um, 
which might give us all a smile, but won't be very effective on an NFL football field. Um, look, the Jags, for, through the first quarter in the Eagles game, I'm sitting there going, these Jags are totally for real. Like, these Jags are much better than we expected. Oh, my God, what a difference. I mean, Doug Peterson, I don't necessarily consider an absolute guru, although he, that same offseason you were referring to, uh, postseason you were referring to, Colin, obviously did lead the Eagles to a Super Bowl over some team in New England who, who usually wins it. Um, so that was, uh, that, you know, he's making such a difference to that team just with good coaching, sensible coaching. The development of Trevor Lawrence is apparent week to week. Um, but that five turnovers and total the inception, the four fumbles is inexcusable. And it was all a little bit Cinderella-ish. Are they coming back down to earth with a bump? Um, if you ever wanted a pick-me-up game, playing, yes, it's divisional rival. Yes, I also feel cheated that this isn't Thursday night football because this is always the perennial Thursday night football game. A bad interdivisional game between the Texans and the Jags. It just seems to be the epitome of a Thursday night football game, to be frank. Um, but this is a pick-me-up game. They're playing the worst team in, in the NFL, statistically speaking, and from the evidence of our eyes thus far. Um, so they'll get back on track. They'll win the game. Um, what Lawrence, we consider, continue to see him develop week, on, week in, week out. Um, and yeah, go Jags. Can, Michael, can I get a Duval? No? No Duval? No yeah, Duval. Duval. I watched um, the the all twenty two last week for Trevor Lawrence, and you know, obviously one one interception, four fumbles. Um, it, it's just uh, it's funny because people call Zach Wilson the bust, and as it stands at the minute, his stats are quite similar to that of Trevor Lawrence in regards to interceptions, fumbles, so far in their careers. Um, what? Zach Wilson is a 4-10 record. He's got 16 total touchdowns, 18 combined interception of fumbles. Trevor Lawrence has got a 5-15 record, 20 total touchdowns, 32 combined interceptions of fumbles. But, um, yeah. Let's, let's bear in mind the circumstances that Trevor Lawrence was dealing last year. There's Orban still a quarterback. The Jets Orban, were prop last Orban year as well. Moyer. Orban Moyer. That's I'm all just, I have to yeah, say. I'm just, I'm just putting it out there. Yeah, but you're I, talking about last season. Where's the relevance? I, right now, they're they're going in the right direction. This I mean, where's the relevance? They're both in their second season. I mean, they, they both have to learn sure. at certain points. Exactly. Like, uh, only played one, play one game this season. Okay. Well, the Texans have four six turnovers uh, so far this season. That's 12th in the league, and they've turned the ball over five times, which is 10th in the league. And they haven't won a game. For some strange reason, I think Davis Mills will help them win the game on Sunday and I think the Texans will win by a field goal in a poor offensive performance by the Jaguars I think the Jaguars will come down to earth two and three don't shoot me Jaguars fans and there's at least one in Ireland and I know Mark is like a closeted Jaguars fan as well so um we can go back to that at a different point I'm, I'm, I'm always I'm always have a soft spot for the Jaguars for their uh you know how they allowed that amazing fourth quarter comeback by Tom Brady. So yeah, love love the Jags, love the Jags. The by the way, I'm not calling Zach Wilson the bust at all. I think he's got potential. I just think it's worth a discussion at some point. Okay. No comments. I, I, well, no, I mean, Michael, if you're not going to call him bust, I'll I'll do it then for you. But like last week was the first week when I thought actually he might have potential and an opportunity. Other than that, I've called him a bust probably every other week. Um, since he started in the NFL, but yeah, 
Yeah, you're and, right. And, you're right. He does deserve a chance this year because they've actually got more of a functioning team. The Jets. Lovely to see. Yeah, I, I would. I, I don't think you. Should... <laughs> Unless something goes terribly, terribly wrong, like Paxton Lynch esque wrong, um, you got to give QBs three years to really figure out whether they're it or or not. And a lot of times, it depends on what what is put around a QB. I, I do think the head coach has a, a huge impact on it. I think the players around them have a huge impact on it. We've seen QBs take strides. I think. You know, people will point to Josh Allen, but like that's the outlier. But I think there should be a recognition of that you can help, you can really help young young QBs improve. I think the issue that Zach Wilson, where he needs to improve, is is his accuracy. He he was fifty five percent last year, um, and obviously, look, last week he came in, he was freshy. They won the game, but I think it was fifty percent completion. You won't survive in the NFL unless you're at least in the the 60s. That's an area he's got to improve it. But I genuinely think you have to give him until the end of year three, at least, before you can decide um, whether they're truly a, a bust or not. Some players prove instantaneously that they have it and that they belong, a la Justin Herbert. Some like Paxton Lynch show you that they don't have it immediately. But for the vast majority, it takes a little bit of time. Even even Jamarcus Russell got three years paid. Even Johnny Manziel was in the league for three years. You know, I Manziel. agree. You can, Manziel, we give him. This is like an area you, you call Manziel? the Atlanta Falcons, the Falcons. I was... Yeah, but I haven't brought no, it out no. yet. Fun. Well, actually, no. I'm I'm going to keep this question until we're in Arizona. I've been trying to ask us every week, and it's no, I'll ask it in Arizona because it's funny. Okay, uh, next game we're going to talk about is. The Lions going to the Patriots. Um, the Patriots have apparently won four out of the last five of these games. Um, this is an exciting game, Colin. The Lions uh, scored 40-odd points last week, led in 48. The Patriots done very, very well against Green Bay. Zap. And, uh, yeah, l- looking forward to talking about this game and about these uh, two highly skilled offences. Well, the, the Lions are the, the great entertainers of the, the league and they put up 45 without their wide receiver one and without their RB one. Um, it's crazy that they A, did that, but B, having put up 45 points, um, they proceeded to lose the, the game. I mean, the defense is the shambles. I, I saw Florio... Um, or at least on Florida's website, there was a piece that said that they're on course for the second most points in NFL history behind only Peyton Manning's 2013 Broncos. But they will, uh, at the current rate, um, they will concede the most points in NFL history, surpassing even the 81 Colts, who uh, were so bad, they basically scared John Elway a couple of years later into saying, nope, not going there. That's how bad um, that that Colts defense was. So it's going to, to be interesting to see how they can fix that. They have to get that fixed. Um, and, and if they don't sort it out, they'll just continue to, to lose games. They'll entertain and they'll be um, really good to watch, but it'll be no good if, if they don't win games. I, I just think, again, the, the Patriots, look, I keep going back to it. They're a Bill Belichick coach team. They'll always be competitive, but they just don't have the weapons right now. Um, they're, they're down to their you know third 
uh, string QB. And I just don't think the running backs are very good. Um, but the I don't believe the wide receivers or the tight ends are. I think this might be the the week where the Lions get it figured out. I'm going to say the Lions get the, the win. But that's on the caveat that they, they figure out the defense enough to hold the Patriots in check. Would I be surprised if it went the other way? No, but I'm going to say this is the week the Lions managed to get it done. Zap. I think Zap will have a good day on Sunday. Uh, Zappy. Bailey Zappy. He might be having a few Baileys after the game. Maybe Bill Belichick will enjoy a couple of Baileys after the game because I, I believe the Patriots will will win Sunday and I think they will be the first team this season to really slow down this this Lions offensive rear guard has been significant and Collins rightly called out players were missing last week didn't miss a trick but defensively they're still erratic and um, you have to I, I can't help you be impressed with the Patriots over the past few weeks right they haven't got the results to, that they would have wanted but they're going against two teams that a lot of people feel will be in the contention for the playoffs and the Ravens at home that week you know if it wasn't for interceptions they could have won the game they had an opportunity to take the lead late on and last week it was, you know, as we said on Monday show, 15 extra yards on, the, on that drive in overtime. And who knows, they could have potentially won the game or at least given Falk an opportunity to kick a winning field goal. And they were playing for Bill Belichick. He, as Collins rightly said, it doesn't matter what the level of talent that's available to the Patriots. He always finds a way to get a performance out of his players. They'll lean on the run game. I think they'll have nice methodical drives, keep the Lions offense off the field. I don't think this can be actually the nature of what we've seen for the Lions so far this season. I think this is the week to come down back to earth offensively and I think the Patriots will win this game there was once upon a time a children's TV program called Brainbow and you had Bungle Zippy and George the Patriots don't quite well I mean let's say let's say Damian Harris is Bungle Raymond Stevenson is going to be George and of course Zippy is played by Zappy I'm just saying, there's a famous big three of Bungle, Zippy, and George, and the Patriots have a version of Bungle and George, and then Zippy, Zappy instead of Zippy. The age, dis- the age disconnect is coming through loud and clear on this show. Yeah, I know. Jesus, lads, like this is like <laughs> too many people are nodding along, Michael. You're going like, what are you talking about? I love this. This is great. Anyway, um, Irish the NFL show now on TikTok uh, for all the young ones out there. <laughs> Huh? What? Um, sorry, the um, Patriots have those three they're going to have to rely upon. They're going to have to rely upon the run game. It was very effective against the Packers. You mentioned about looking at the All-22. I was looking at it as well. The The Packers' run contain was abysmal last weekend. I mean, yes, the Patriots did a great job, but, I mean, they crashed down interior. They did not seal the edge at all. There was no protection of that. I tell you, if they do that against the Giants, Barkley's going to have a field play. So that will be an interesting thing to watch if they rectify that, and they are generally a good defense. Um, but, yeah, the Lions are so entertaining. I Look, with my fan hat on, I really hope Bill Belichick can do to Jared Goff what he did to him in the Super Bowl not too long ago and completely confuse and bamboozle him and give him a horrible, horrible day altogether. But the Lions are so much damn fun and so entertaining. I do worry about how many points they will put on the board. Uh, to me, it's really tight. I don't, you know, the Patriots aren't world beaters this year. They're one of these teams. They could be any team on their day on an any given Sunday context, especially with Belichick coaching them. But they could equally very easily lose to any team in the league, and it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Um they're at home. I'm going to go with it. They at least get back up to two and three. 
and they find a way past the Lions, but it would not surprise me for the Lions to win this. So I'll take the Patriots. Um, please, please, God, please take pity on them. Um, but, you know, I can imagine every neutral fan's heart is going to be with uh, the Red Zone Darlings, the Detroit Lions. No doubt this game's on Sky. Um, if you're zappy and you know it, clap your hands. Uh, I haven't picked the Patriots so far this year and we're in week five and it's ironic that we're in week five and it sort of makes you think like were the Patriots good last week or were the Packers awful because at one point last week Bailey Zappi who looks more like Mac Jones than Mac Jones looks like it was out playing Aaron Rodgers and we're all getting hyped up about the Packers coming over here this weekend and they were absolute god awful and don't get me wrong do not get me wrong. Teams can have bad performances on a weekday, on a Sunday. I mean, there's been at least two Sundays so far this year that the Packers have been poor. The Patriots have had a couple of interesting games. They've tried to get over the line in certain situations. The ironic thing, I think, is I think they're going to win this game. I think they'll stop Detroit. I think they'll rely on their own game. And I think Zappy, Zappy, Zappity, Zippity, Zapp will have two passing touchdowns to uh, Randy Moss. Sorry, sorry, uh, Devante Parker and they'll win the game by a field goal um, and I'm picking the Patriots for the first time this season looking forward to uh, this game and uh, no doubt Brian will have it on in the taxi on the way to the air Aeroporto on Sunday evening and we're not talking about this game anymore moving on the next game uh, oh okay this is the end of this podcast segment right we're going to quick fire four games. What happens is one person talks about the game and in one word we give the team that we think is going to win. I repeat, in one word. Colin, you're talking about the Bears going up against the Vikings. Um, go for it. Yeah, I've been a lot written about Justin Fields this week. So instead, I'll uh, tell you that uh, Raider Lee has just let us know that the actor who voiced Zippy also voiced the Daleks. So that's a, a very interesting fact. Um, and also for anyone who is on TikTok, there are some fantastic rainbow memes on there. I can't believe you haven't seen those, Michael. Um, some the, Back in the 70s. It sounds like a weird I, algorithm column to have on TikTok. What, when when you could do uh, a whole lot of drugs and still make television programs um they somebody decided one afternoon to make uh, their own version of of rainbow the uh, staff in the studio so check that one out uh, in terms of this game um Brendan Sugru had a, a tweet earlier that said, um, I'll give some t- Tom Brady some love after the week he's having. He has 23,996 career passing yards and 174 touchdowns in his 40s. That's 500 more yards and 20 more TDs than the Bears' all-time leading passer, Jay Cutler. Tom Brady playing only in his 40s would be the Bears leading passer in team history and that should put into perspective some of the struggles that Justin Fields is having. Chicago has been a graveyard for um, QBs. Jim McMahon is obviously the the standout um, only to have his career ruined by an awful late late hit. Um, Justin Fields is getting no help whatsoever and they need to figure that out because he truly is running for his life on more than half of his snaps 
um, because of the party in the league, they'll win some games, but they won't win this one. The Vikings are going to beat the Bears in this divisional matchup for me. Vikings. Vikings. Minnesota. <laughs> Brandon, you got what's your game? I think I've got one of the most entertaining games actually potentially this weekend because they're another Detroit Lions in a way, aren't they? The Seattle Seahawks offense because under Geno Smith, he's had over a thousand yards. He's had six touchdowns, he's had interceptions. Right now, Seattle are quite entertaining to watch. We won the thought that going into the season. Penny, the, the running back who actually had good hopes for the season, taking over from Carlson who had to retire 151 yards last week, two touchdowns. So our Saints team last week, they're really, like, fortunately for them, you know, they played well last weekend. Uh, Jeff Duncan put some really good stuff out <clears throat> this week where he was challenging some of his decisions on some of the penalties throughout the course of the game. The Saints fans quickly got on top of him to say, let's be fair, Jeff, you know, the team isn't playing well. But they did put themselves in a position last weekend to, to play, sorry, to win and tend to get the game into overtime. And from what I saw on Sunday, it is a team that's playing for Dennis Allen. But they have their struggles. Winston is not going to play. Look, we're now in a situation where we're saying Winston is not going to play as if he's the answer. He's not the answer. Dalton will likely play again. He played reasonably well on Sunday, but you could see the limitations in which he had. Thomas is not expected to play. Kamara is expected to be out again. The um, the offensive line, Pete, he's expected to be out again. Chris Olave has been a great a bright spot. There's too many players out for him. I think it's going to be high scoring more high scoring game. A more. Um, against Metcalf. He got up against Jefferson last week. He's going to have enough tough game on Sunday against Metcalf. Seattle to go in and cause the shock. Seahawks to win. Who wants uh, to start? Seahawks. Seahawks. Call him who you got. Geno Smith-led Seahawks. Ah, lads, get out. Saints. Away. Honest. Right. Um, Mark, you're doing the Titans against the Commanders. <laughs> Oh, yeah. make this one quick, will you, please? Uh, Michael, there's, th- this is a very interesting game. Uh, no, uh, very seriously. Uh, <laughs> no, the Titans, look, the Titans started the season, the first three games of the season, they lived down to my estimation and expectations. I thought they were going to take a dramatic step backward with, um, you know, from where they were last year. And they proved themselves in every way willing and worthy of that estimation. The reality is last week, it's almost like they got back on track a little bit. Mike Vrabel will continue to coach the hell out of them. Uh, They got more physical. They dominated the Colts. Derrick Henry looked like Derrick Henry again. And all of a sudden, you kind of go, okay, they've lost a lot of talent. They've taken a step backward through free agency, but maybe they can build on something for this particular season. And any team with Derrick Henry in in the side can potentially dominate the clock, dominate with the run game, and give themselves a good opportunity. Um, This week, they've been having to be answering questions about whether the Titans organization is any fun. Jeffrey Simmons was interviewed about it in the locker room this week as well. It's like, you know, requested by beat reporters and say, oh, there's rumors that it's not much fun in the Titans uh, locker room, that, you know, there's not much fun a part of it. And it's like, A, I've thought to myself, well, Mike Vrabel used to play under Bill Belichick, so if anyone knows about the lack of fun, it's probably him. But secondly, it's like, it's work. Like, it's a job. It shouldn't necessarily be fun, uh, and they should be coming to work, especially with their record at the moment, and improving on it day in, day out. Simmons kind of knocked it away, and there's a little bit of, oh, look at what the players have to deal with and toxicity. 
you want toxicity. You want problems of having to talk about their organizational structure. Oh, I present to you, on the other hand, the Washington commanders and the specter, the slime, the ghost, the you know gargoyle that is Dan Snyder continues to hover over them like a, a vicious creature willing to take them down to the depths of despair and a pain of all time. Um, this is a completely dysfunctional organization. It's impacting upon the product on the play. It's impacting upon frankly, Ron Rivera's job security in life as well, because um, he has to be the moral virtue. He has to be the upstanding citizen because, frankly, his owner isn't, and they still have to live with that scenario. I know we've talked about this before. I just think it's a message, a public service announcement worth mentioning every single week. When we boil it down to on the field, though, it's two matchups. Very simply, the putrid Washington commander's offensive line that can't protect Carson Wentz. It's like he slept with his sister or something. They want him to get beaten up every week against probably one of the best front sevens in the uh, NFL. The Tennessee front seven is the best part of their entire football team outside of Derrick Henry. On the flip side, what about Derrick Henry against a run defense that continues to give up more than 100 yards a game quite comfortably? Those two matchups for me are so heavily skewed in the Titans' favor. It's the Titans all the way to run, run, run away with it. That's cause. I should have used a cause reference. Run away. That would have been good. Anyway, Andrea Core says the Titans. Well, yeah, like uh, I want to run away anywhere out this place. I want to run away. That's me watching that game. Column, who have you got? Titans. Commanders. Brian's back. I was, Brian was off for a minute. I wanted to get his pick in. Who are you picking, Brian? Titans. And I am picking the Titans. Um, I don't have it in me to pick the Commanders. I'm looking at the Niners. Is it at the Panthers? Or Yeah, it must be because it was in Levi's at the week. Um, watch the Sunday night game and watch the Monday night game for San Fran. And it's like chalk and cheese. Two completely different. You would beat you would honestly, lads, you'd be thought for thinking they were two different, completely different franchises. I mean, their performance against the Rams on Monday, as I said, stunk of a team that was under serious pressure to win. Now that they have won and they're in the 2-2 two and two NFC West, they're under pressure, not really for another week, because they can actually lose this game this week because that'll happen. At least one team in the NFC West expected to win this week will lose. Is it the Rams? Is it the Niners? I'm not counting the Seahawks or the Cardinals. I'm talking about those two teams. Anyway, I'm shouting gibberish here. Christian McCaffrey for the Panthers has been the main issue. He's only had one touchdown this season, albeit he's at 270 rushing yards over four weeks. That's still not great for him. You'd expect Christian McCaffrey to have over 370, over 380 within four weeks of each other. But the reality is, um, when you've got Debo, who has um, averaged four and a half Catches and 61 yards per game through four weeks. When you got Jimmy Grappolo, who looked refreshed last week, the Niners should be going into Carolina and uh, winning this game comfortably. And I think they will win it comfortably. I've, I've got the Niners minus 10 over the Panthers on Sunday. Niners. Comfortable Niners win. Where Tony Bennett left his heart. That doesn't make any sense. It does. 
Tony Bennett had a famous song like oh, I left my heart in we San have got Francisco. An 18 to 24 demographic that has no idea what you're talking about right now. Who it's are you great. picking? He just does <laughs> San Francisco. Okay. Right. Jesus. Sorry, Michael. Put it on Spotify after. Just a reminder, folks, next week, quick fire, uh, four games, one word answer. Or in Brian's case, Flea. Or in Mark's case, Ferdy Flea. Okay, Dolphins against the Jets. Oof. Uh, right, as the commissioner of this broadcast, because I can kick everybody out at any time or mute you, we're not talking about Tua. We're not talking about concussions. We're not talking about any of that, because this could go into a whole different podcast. All I will say is, I hope he's all right. Uh, and well done for everybody on this podcast picking the Dolphins last week we've got Teddy Teddy this week going up against the Jets team that are coming off a good win against Atlanta they've beat the Browns this season and their offense looks rejuvenated Colm give me the case for the Dolphins and the Jets this weekend who's going to win well I do think at some point we will have to have a discussion about what went on Michael Um, let's see when the report comes out because what went on was ridiculous and I will say that there are very few people asking questions about some of the stuff that went on other than our good friend Paul Pabst who in fairness to him put it to the Dolphins about "Mm, you said he had this injury but then you said he had this injury um interesting times ahead I think that hangs over the 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 Dolphins um I also uh spent a season watching Teddy Bridgewater last year now, he has a much better supporting cast this year in Waddle and in Tyreek Hill, who uh, admitted that the reason he is in the Sunshine State is state taxes. Um, but I I just don't know. It, it is very difficult to get excited about a Teddy Bridgewater-led team. I also, th- I think the... The interesting thing in this is it's Salah versus McDaniel. I think that'll be really fascinating because those guys obviously know each other very well. Um, were uh, under Kyle Shannon, kind of went against each other uh, in training all the time, so know um, the way in which each other approaches it. The, the Dolphins absolutely should win this game. They have um, the the talent, um, both in terms of their receivers, in terms of their running game. Um, They have a a decent defense, even if it's banged up. Their O-line is a little banged up, but you'd still say it's it's pretty solid. And yet, I think that win over the Steelers and the fact that Wilson is back gives the Jets a nice bump. And because there is always a shock in the NFL every single week, I'm going to say... Without rhyme or reason, the Jets win this. Column's right. You, you, Michael, we, we aren't going to get into the concussion story, but it is lingering and it's still going to impact on the team and how much they've been able to put that in the background this week and focus on the game. Um, I spoke to Colin about Teddy Bridgewater on Sunday when we were over at the game and he said Teddy was never winning that game in Cincy, which I thought was a bit unfair, bearing in mind they were driving to win the game at the end and okay, it was an interception, it was he is prone to that. But by and large, from when he came into the game, they didn't miss a beat for large parts, they did move the ball up and down the field, but unfortunately they left themselves hanging around with field goals instead of punching her in. You had stats on, on this Dolphins team in terms of, you know, Waddle and Hill, but I'm struggling to know whether that's going to continue to go with, with Teddy there. This Jets defence, with the exception of the, the Bengals game, have played really well this season. Quinton Williams is a really standout player, would arguably one of the best in the league so far. He's having a great season. They are playing for Salah, and I'm with Colum on this. I think uh, this is probably the biggest game for me the Jets have had in years, because what we keep seeing from the Jets is when they have a big win, 
the following week they've had a letdown game I picked them a few weeks ago against the Bengals we thought they'd come on from the win against the Browns they didn't materialise if they go 3-2 and two in a division right now which looks like the page is going to fall away they will level up with the Dolphins and they, they're going in the right direction and they play in Green Bay next week so they really have to get themselves at least 3-3 three and three. for me I think it's going to be a low scoring game it's on Sky Sky have picked a great game to show at 6 o'clock the Jets will win find a way to win this Sunday um, I appreciate we're not going to talk about tour and concussion, Michael, but everyone else is uh, because the NFL have suggested they may conclude their investigation by as early as Thursday. So if you're listening to this I, on I, Thursday, I'm not saying maybe we should talk about it. I just think we should talk it. about it on a different podcast. This is a week five preview show. Okay. I, I completely agree we should talk about it. I just don't think, you know, none of us, unless Mark's hiding something, are medical doctors. I think what happened was disgraceful. But we can definitely talk about it on a different podcast. Absolutely. Let's book in a time next week after the thing's released. Sure. Well, well I was just going to share that. I mean, John Harbour has been talking about it. John Harbour said in his time, 40 years coaching in college and NFL, he's never seen anything like it. Uh, Bill Belichick's asked, like, has he ever played players, not played players that were cleared medically to play? And he said, yeah, like I've benched players who I didn't think were capable of playing, even though they've been cleared by medical personnel. Um, so like renowned coaches within the league because they're getting asked about it. Everybody's saying, well, would you, what would you have done? Look, we'll see how the investigation comes out. We'll see what it means in relation to it. But sometimes you have to remember Mike McDaniel, maybe it's an early lesson in his head coaching career, has to remember that players are always going to want to play. And sometimes you have to take that bigger picture for them, for their benefit, for yeah, everybody involved. Look, coaching-wise, this is a San Francisco matchup again. Robert Sala and Mike McDaniel get reunited this time, however, with their own teams. They are trying to mold their teams very much in the the basis in which they, they've grown in terms of the offensive dynamic of the 49ers, the defensive dynamic of the Jets and Salah and what he's creating there. I said before, um, what the Jets were able to do with Flacco as a backup quarterback and making him look alive again kind of indicated they started to sort out the rest of the team around and maybe that's a good sign for when Zach Wilson returns he returns he drives for foot two very good fourth quarter drives against the Pittsburgh Steelers and looked the most efficient probably he's ever looked uh, on, a, on an NFL football field um, that can't be discounted but for me the Dolphins just have too much too much talent Toby Bridgewater is serviceable it's his back to the, when he did spot relief for Drew Brees when he got injured and kept uh, the Saints on track at various times. That's also why he's there. Probably one of the most valuable backup quarterbacks in the league in that regard. All the weapons are there. Miami will block out the rest of the external noise and criticism and will find a way to manage their divisional rivals. So the Dolphins for me. Bry Bry is completely correct. This is a huge game for the Jets. And um, obviously picking them last week, I was very impressed to see the manner in which they came back and won the game against the Steelers, albeit in terms of what happened at Pittsburgh on the Steelers' side aside. Um, they've really went up a gear, and it's it's a testament to Robert Sala, the Fleur, and the offensive coordinators to giving teams time and giving management time and allowing a team to have a proper rebuild you know, and allowing uh, young guys to come in draft correctly and uh, I think they're definitely on the up um, they're probably one of the most up and coming teams in the league and it's going to take them another year or two uh, let's see what happens um, it's a couple of co- I mean we, we will and there's been a few comments in the last few minutes even when we're recording this live about concussions and we will discuss it at some point I promise um, 
just not tonight, I don't have time. I think be here all night. Um, I've been really, really impressed with Brees Hall so far this season, but more so, I was impressed out of the quickness out of the pocket from Zach Wilson last week. Um, he just looks so much more confident, and it's almost as if that injury could have done him in the world of good to sit down for a few weeks, relax, watch how the teams come out this season, and come in after Joe Flacco kept the team at the helm, like was nine hundred passing yards in three or four weeks. It's in three weeks. Sorry, it's. It's unbelievable and fair, fair play to the Jets for being in this position. Mark is correct. Teddy serviceable. The Dolphins will win this game. Uh, the Dolphins have to win this game. They have no excuse. They have the assets at the running back. Sorry, at the running back position and at the wide receiver position. And they've also got the defense to hold up against the New York Jets. It's the New York Jets in New Jersey. The Dolphins have no excuses. The Dolphins will win this game. Have you got a point uh, Michael, no, no. I was just, I was just thinking. Like, I mean, the Jets are still excited about Zach Wilson. Still, relatively with a young quarterback. The Dolphins, obviously, still trying to figure out Tua, but you know, we're excited about that. It reminds me back in 1983 uh, when the Jets uh, drafted Ken O'Brien above Dan Marino, and they're both very excited about their first round quarterbacks. And I bring up this segue to talk about 1983 for no other reason other than to wind you up to bring up something from 40 years ago. So that's it. No worries. Um, if you're having trouble watching this on Twitter, we are on YouTube. Just search Irish NFL show. Can't do anything about that. Uh, okay, we're going to look at the next game, which is the Falcons against the Bucks. And a public apology for me on Friday night, a fair public apology. Um, Tom Brady, you're going through a hard time, mate. Uh, you scored as much touchdowns, passing touchdowns last week as you had the whole season. Uh, fair play to you. 31 points on the offense. Cole Beasley, column retires today. Per source, he was banged up and missed home. And you know what? Fair, fair play to him for walking away from Tom Brady. Uh, I think he had one reception last week for five yards. Wishing Cole the very best. Colm, uh, Falcons won last week. Bucks aren't great. Mar- you, you talked about Mariota. Could they pull off a shock here? I think this is the most like game of the week, genuinely. They could. I know that they absolutely could. I mean, look, this is the Falcons side that scored more points than the Dolphins, right? We've talked about the attacking weapons the Dolphins have. They scored more points than the Bengals. They scored more points than the Bucks, And they scored more points than the Chargers, all of whom were kind of highly touted offenses coming into to the season. And they've managed all that without Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, Kyle Pitts is basically wearing a uniform made entirely of what I'm wearing tonight um, because he just does not seem to uh, feature in Arthur Smith's plans for some reason. Um, and where it'll be interesting to see how, how that develops. He may not play this week. Ordinarily, you would be thinking um, not having a unicorn like him would be an enormous loss. I don't think it'll matter to the way in which they're going to play. Um, so the this the Falcons absolutely can, and I would not be at all shocked um, if they were to. But um, Tom Brady is trying to avoid um, lose his his first three game losing streak in twenty years. Jeff Darlington was tweeting about this earlier. So um, Brady hasn't lost more than two in a row. Yeah, since 2002, 
we lost four in a row um, way, way back when. It's also the fact that Tom Brady has never lost to the Falcons. I'm going to say that doesn't change, but I do think if and uh, when, and I was, we always said, don't bet against Brady, but if the Falcons beat the Bucks and, and they lose, maybe we've entered in a new reality. Maybe, maybe there's a glitch in the matrix maybe the simulation is broken and maybe we're no longer living in Tom Brady's universe. All will be revealed. I feel like we're not allowed to talk about that on this broadcast or anywhere until about 17 years after he retires. It's like whenever, well, actually I can't say this on a broad, I'll get sacked from every job I have. Brian, who are you going to pick for this game? Um, I think Cordell Patterson is a huge loss for this Falcons offense. He's come together over the past two games and been really efficient, really effective. The game in Seattle, he was brilliant. He was brilliant last week. Um, Mariota has been complimented off him because the run pass option is there for him because everybody's kind of focusing on Cordell Patterson. With the, uh, to fairness to the Falcons defense, they stepped up last week, played really well against against what we feel is a really strong running game. But by and large, over the course of the other games, from say the first half, say from early in the third quarter against the Saints, the, the, the defense has been very erratic. DMP has said this is going to be the best defense in the league this season. you got to commend Arthur Smith. I, I only got an opportunity to see his press conference from week one yesterday where he said he's buried us in May. What's the point of me talking about the game? I'll come back and I'll show you. And he has shown us over the past few weeks. They're the current team that will win games we don't expect and they'll lose games we don't expect, but I don't see any way, shape or form they're going to win this game on Sunday. Um, the line is eight and a half. That's a fair line. I think the books got a little bit together in the second half last week. A lot of people will say the Chiefs eased off and then out points, but we saw a little bit better of an offence. Mike Evans had two, two touchdowns. I see a strong game for this Bucks offence on Sunday and I think it'll be a comfortable win for the Bucks and they get back on track. Yeah, um, the the alliance in the First World War, Michael, was known as the Entente Cordiale between uh, Great Britain, France, um, and, and Russia. Um, the uh, the reality is that uh, Tom Brady is starting to get the band back together and to get that uh, Entente Cordiale uh, right again. Chris Godwin obviously returned. He got Mike Evans back from suspension. And hopefully Julio Jones will see the field a little bit. Jones and Goodwin, uh, Godwin, sorry, are both questionable, but um, they both played last week. Oh, sorry, Godwin played last week. So hopefully he gets that one, two, three core and therefore can attack the Falcons defense. The reality is the biggest liability on the Bucks last week, um, and the reason they lost the game more than anything, is the defense got eviscerated. And that's something nobody saw coming. Um, to give up 41 points, even against that very dynamic uh, Kansas City Chiefs offense was the thing that was a shocker more than anything. Um, and it's the thing they need to get right. I think they do get that right. I do think actually overall the Bucks defense is uh, good. And I think they're going to have to rely upon that more than anything. Milestone watch this weekend. I've called it out before. Brady's 55 yards away from reaching 100,000 yards across passing receiving and uh, rushing across the regular season and postseason. The first player, obviously, in NFL history to ever reach that mark. So that's something to, I don't know. If it was Peyton Manning, lads, they'd stop the game. They'd put a billboard up. I'm sure they won't do that. But uh, it's a it's a nice little milestone to watch for. And I think the uh, Bucks defense, even more so than the offense, gets back on track and handles the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know. I, I expect, actually, Bucks to win this quite comfortably. I don't know. Maybe... 28-3, something like that. Uh, seems like it's a suitable number. 
I was very impressed with the Falcons' performance last week, and I've been very surprised by how competitive they've been over four weeks. In terms of the NFC, Tom Brady will never have a better opportunity for it. Well, he won't, ha- he won't have one. This is it. He literally has banked his whole life on this season to get another ring. Literally, Tom. Um, so, you know, the NFC is extremely poor this season. He has got players coming back to fitness, as Colm said. Julio Jones should be back at some point over the next few weeks. And when you've got Lenny running on the ground, he's already picked up um, over 220 yards so far this season, averaging 56 yards a game. He has not scored a touchdown in four games. He'll score a touchdown tonight. Tonight? He's not playing tonight. He'll score a touchdown on Sunday night. Is that... I actually had to give it... Has Lenny Fournette not scored a rushing touchdown yet this season? That is insane. After four weeks. That's hard to believe. Anyway, shows you how poor the Bucs have been until last week. And even at that, they lost the game. Um, I don't think they'll have a problem here. I think they'll win the game comfortably against the Falcons team, which is not as worse off as we thought. They should be aiming to finish second in this division. Uh, if they can or can't, that's a whole different conversation. But um, it'll be Brady's day on Sunday. They'll march on and uh, we can talk about a different game now. On that different game is the Eagles at the Cardinals. Uh, Eagles 4-0. The Cardinals column... Where do we start? Are they falling off a cliff this week, or what's the plan? Uh, it's tough to know. We've talked about it. Like ever, On offense, it all comes down to Murray Magic, and on, on defense, they're just they're struggling. They're, they're not getting um, sacks, and... They're not good enough in the the secondary. Like it's yeah, it's a it's a it seems like a real struggle. Um, you know they're kind of in in some ways the the flip of this Eagles team. The Eagles have done such a good job in terms of building around their quarterback, um, and Ben Solak has a really really good piece in the Ringer, um, where he kind of looks at the way in which the Eagles have built the offense, how they're running it, um, the Jalen Hurts impact on that, um, and it's it's the opposite for the the Cardinals, where they should be putting the weapons around Kyler Murray and well. You know, he was on the rookie contract and that's when the time you can do that. They haven't done, done that. For Look, I, I mean, I've talked to people I think are well aware that I'm a big admirer of the way in which Howie has built the roster for the Eagles this year. I don't believe the Cardinals have done, done a similar job and therefore, for me, the Eagles should get the win in this game on Sunday yeah, when Hurts came into the league, a lot of people were saying they're modelling Hurts off Murray, and now people are saying Murray needs to start modelling himself off Hurts. You look at the stats for both quarterbacks this season, they're quite similar. Yeah, 1,100 yards passing for Hurts, four touchdowns, two interceptions, just short of 1,000, for Murray, five touchdowns, two interceptions. They're quite similar, but the levels in which both of them are playing at Earth are very different, and you would put that down to the fact that the Cardinals are missing players. Hollywood Brown has been a great player, in fairness. We, we were challenging that on draft night in terms of giving away a first-round pick. He's come in. They had the right relationship from when they played in college together. Um, he stepped up. Defensively, I felt last week he improved, but again, you have to bear in mind who they're playing, the Panthers. I see this as a high-scoring game. Uh, every time these play each other, it seems to be really huge in terms of the scorelines. I think the line is 47. I think it'll go over. Um, the Eagles have been very impressive. Top 10 in the league for points scored. Top 10 for points allowed. But I'm going to side with the Cardinals in this game. 75th anniversary of the 1947 title game. 
and I'll go with the same team and win that game and cause a shock. I will take the Cardinals to win at home on Sunday and have no team left unbeaten in the league. Um, Brian is channeling his inner New York giant, I feel, there in terms Jesus, of... Jesus, Brian. Are we going to get the, to week 10 or what, what's it going to take? I'm sorry for calling you out here, but what's the what problem? will it take for you to pick the Eagles this season? I mean, I even picked the Patriots this week. Jesus, I, I've looked at the game and I've made my selection based on who I think will win. No, no, just Brian, Mike was just upset because he's wearing his official Philadelphia Eagles jumper. Uh, it looks <laughs> like it's very Eagles green. Look, it, it looks Eagles colour. We're supporting all teams, Michael. It's all good. But no, look, um, yeah, looks... the Cardinals can make magic happen. Like Kyler Murray, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's entire coaching manual involves page one, get through three quarters. Page two, in fourth quarter, give ball to Kyler. That seems to be the entirety of his uh, coaching uh, tenure so far in Arizona, and it's certainly how it seems like they're going to try and get through this game. Um, again, credit where credit's due, the Eagles have been super impressive. I mean, I thought a lot of it was preseason hype. I still had the Cowboys to win the NFC East, but they are the most balanced and most complete team in the NFL. That's not just based on the fact that they're only unbeaten team. It's based on all the stats. They've got 10 takeaways on defense. You look at that defense in the front seven with Cox, with Graham, with Hassan Reddick. Uh, even back in the secondary, big play Slay is back there. They're getting turnovers. They're pulling uh, offenses under pressure. And then you flip it round, and for all the not-so-nice things I've said about Jalen Hurts overtimes, um, in relation to it, you look at the talent and the explosive threats he's got there, whether it's Dallas Goddard, whether it's Smith, whether it's... Um, uh, AJ Brown, and they're making big plays down the field, and they can always rely on the rushing. They can always rely on they can turn into Baltimore North in a heartbeat and drive the ball on people left, right, and center. Um, the reality is they're the most complete football team in football so far. Will they continue that through the season and prove Column's Super Bowl selection correct? Uh, you, had the, you had the Eagles, didn't you, going to the Super Bowl column? Yeah, so, you know, maybe they will. And they, they've certainly started the season as brightly as they can. I don't see the Cardinals um, steering this wagon off the road. Uh, it's the battle of the birds, but the fly eagles fly will peck away at those Arizona Cardinals and um, I think win by two touchdowns. I like that battle of the birds. Uh, the Cardinals are their own worst enemy. Um, Kyler Murray takes them to a level sometimes where they look elite on his back but they don't have the depth at any position apart from quarterback because without having efficiency in the wide receiver core without going down on every play and trying their best this team is so stop start it's unreal i question steve kime and cliff kingsbury's, cliff kingsbury's decision making in terms of the assets that are available to kyler murray and um, as Brian said, this could be a very high-scoring game. It could be. It could be a situation where the Cardinals score 20 to 24 points in the first half. And then they don't turn up in the second half, or vice versa. And it's just very, very frustrating. Um, this game um, in Arizona, the Eagles are the most complete team in the NFC at the minute. And I just don't see a team in the NFC at the minute that is close to where they're at. Maybe... A team will do that in the next few weeks come up. Maybe the Packers will come up after a game in London. Maybe the Giants will come up if they keep winning. Maybe the Cowboys will come up if Dak Prescott comes back. When he comes back. Uh, 
but as it stands, this is the first time, in my opinion, the Eagles go to Arizona this weekend to win. And as it stands, I just can't see how they won't be back in February, lads. Like, I mean, we're in October. It's crazy talk. But they'll definitely be in that conversation at the end of the season. Uh, you said two touchdowns, Mark? Make it three. Jalen Hurts, the X-Factor, Mal Sanders. And Arizona went 7-0 last year. And everybody, said that they were playing, and everybody said there's no way you could stop them. And they're playing the exact same type of offense in which the Eagles are playing this season. But statistically, and I'll I'll look at this over the next few. I mean, Jalen Hurts in the first four games of the season has been more of a factor for this team than Kyler Murray was. It's he's a different asset in terms of any quarterback. The way he can run, his decision making, it's they, they just look great. They're very enjoyable to watch. That's why I'm going to pick the Eagles. Don't shoot the messenger. Understand? Understand? Can I, can I make a quick point before you jump in? Um, for all the difficulty in which the cards have had thrown at them in terms of this, this stop start season. They've lost to the Chiefs and they've lost to the Rams. Two teams that are expected to be gone for the Super Bowl. The other two games they've won. This is a big step for them on Sunday. Yeah, so if, if the Eagles were to get the win, it'll be Im- impressive. And I think that it's a test for, for the Eagles. Um, and what, I, what I've liked about the Eagles is they, they've overcome adversity. Like last week, um, they found themselves 14 points down. It is a monsoon. And we talked about the monstrous front seven that the Jags have. And it looked like they were going to put the pinchers on. But the Eagles found a way. And I think the other thing, been, and Brett Coleman had some great stats uh, in relation to this, uh, throwing over the middle. That's the thing that constantly people hit at hurts. You can't throw over the middle, you can't throw over the middle, you can't throw over the middle. And it's hit at Russell Wilson as well. And both of these guys have tried. Um, so if you look this this year, they're actually uh, right bang in the middle in terms of the QBs throwing over the middle, whereas ordinarily both of those guys would probably be towards the bottom. But Russell Wilson is only completing 67% of his passes over the middle. Jalen Hurts is completing 82%. And that is what is making the, the difference. He's not just he, a running QB. He's not just a QB that can uh, find a guy on the, the outside for a contested catch. He is a, he's got the vision now to, to see over uh, the, the middle, and that, to me, is what's making the, the real difference. But there is an awfully long way to go. You do not win trophies in October. Um, the Eagles will have to respond to adversity. They're going to lose games. They are not the 72 Dolphins. They will lose some games, but it's going to be how they respond to that. I just don't think it'll be the last will come against the, the Cardinals this particular Sunday. Cowboys Rams on Sunday. Interesting game. Presuming at the time of recording that Dak is not back. No. Don't think so. Uh, it doesn't matter because Cooper Rush is here, baby. Um, Column. Cowboys. Rams are very poor. Let's just put it out there because no one's talking about it. They're so inconsistent and McVeigh has not prepared this team properly four weeks in. They were awful on Monday night defensively. Um, I, I think they're struggling in terms of leadership. I think that is a, a huge issue. I don't. I think they lost Andrew Whitworth and I think it's people have underestimated the value that he had um, in the same way that I think people undervalued the leadership that, say, somebody like DeMarcus Ware had when when he retired. And um, I think when you lose those players, it's very difficult. And obviously, Bobby Wagner came in, but 
I, it's not been the same. And when you hear uh, Whitworth on, say, the Rich Eisen show, or when you hear players talk about him and the love and respect that they have for him, I think that is um, an issue that is facing the the Rams cur- currently. Um, they're also, when you're the champions, every you, you have a target on you. Everybody wants to beat you. And if people haven't seen the video of Ramsey missing the, the tackle on Debo and Mike McGlinchey took, Great delight. The big man made sure he got up in Ramsey's face to let him know all about it. Um, I, I think they it, it feels a little bit for the Rams at the moment like the November patch that they went through last year. And they have things to sort out. And there are the questions over Stafford's elbow. The Cowboys, my goodness, um, Dan Quinn, how 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 happy are they that he didn't get the, the Broncos job for whatever reason? And maybe we should do a show on that at some point. And maybe there's a PhD in that at some point. But um, with what Dan Quinn is working on their defense and with Michael Parsons, they have been uh, formidable. Uh, coin, coin toss game. Um, the Rams could absolutely go off. Um, and the Cooper Rush could could struggle, and you, you could see Aaron Donald having a day, and therefore the the Rams get getting a victory. But the, this Cowboys team um, just seems to to be responding to to Cooper Rush and to that defense, and I think that defense is propelling them on, and I think they will make life very, very difficult for Matthew Stafford. And I have the Cowboys winning this one. The Cowboys offensive line, that was getting a lot of um, mud, mud showing at them early in the season. They've only given up an average of one sack per, per game since then. Cooper Rush has done a f- fabulous job of quarterback. To the stage right now, Cowboys fans are asking the question, should it be him or should it be Dak coming in? I think the reality is once Dak's ready, He'll be back and he should be back for Sunday week when they play the, when they play the Eagles. That makes for a great game next week if both teams win this weekend. Yeah, I agree with you, Michael. We just we're not seeing something from this Rams team. I know we spoke about teams with Super Bowl hangovers. Something doesn't seem to be right. I don't know what it is. Stafford is just not playing at the level we saw last year. If that lingering injury is causing a concern, offensively on on Monday they were completely snuffed out by a really strong 49ers defense. But I feel the Rams defensively at some stage, have to get it together. And this is a game which I think is, is prime for them. Um, Marcus Peters has come in for the Cowboys and done reasonably well, but he's, he's going to have a real test on Sunday. And it's a rebound game. It is a coin, coin toss. And I have I've genuinely been back and forth in this game because I'm looking ahead to the Cowboys potentially going against an unbeaten Eagles team if they win on Sunday next week with, with the division lead on the line. But I'm going to side with the Rams. I think the Rams will find a way. Cooper Cup, whilst he's, he's the team aren't having a great season so far. He's having a great season. Standout player and Higby. But they need to get more players involved offensively. Uh, like, where's Alan Robinson been? He played well against the Falcons. He's been nowhere. Maybe he's still in the rubbish bin, which Colin took him out of him when he got rid of, got him out of Chicago because I've seen all the memes on Twitter this week where he's still in the same bin because he hasn't shown up. Maybe he'll show up on Sunday. I think the Rams will find a way to win the game. When the Rams have played anyone with a decent um, rush, they've their offensive line has looked completely lost. Bills on the opening game of the season, obviously against the 49ers last week, was it nine sacks in the end they got? I mean, it was it was men against boys. And in that scenario, Matt Stafford, he can throw underarm, sidearm, overarm, any arm. Um, he's not going to have enough time to find his weapons. 
in the circumstances of the porousness of their offensive line, it's almost remarkable that Cooper Cup's already got over 400 yards in this season and he's still getting his. But as Brian alludes to, it's very much a one-man show there at the moment. Alan Robinson isn't there. They're using Higby a little bit, as they always did, but there's not the other release fouls. Uh, it's notable watching Monday Night Football. The, the commentators are openly saying they've still got a locker there free for Odell Beckham Jr. and everything. It's like, Jesus, so th- is this what they come to? The, the, you know, that's going to be the great white well, hope. That, to, that's getting a little not great white strange hope. at the minute, Martin. I think like, it's, like, there's this whole like bus this week about Odell. Just <laughs> sign with someone. It's getting, it's actually, no, it's actually pissing me off now. Go to he New York, go to LA, just sign with someone. He, he, he can't play for six weeks. He's not That's fine. Still That's fine. He's still out sign for so someone. Mark, I'm sorry about this, but like, if, if, what? He has to be medically cleared out to sign for Tim. No one's going to well, sign him when, it, when he's still in. It's an interesting signing. It's just, he's going to pop in in November and be like, Who's, oh yeah, I'll sign with them. It's, it's it's just a bit of a joke. It sort of makes you think, like back in never in the Premier League, if you had to play 10 games to get a medal. Yeah, back in the day. It's pissing me off. Sorry. No, I can get that to an extent, Michael, but strap in because Von Miller announced tonight that OBJ is going on tour. Uh, he, he's taking the show on the road and he will be visiting the Giants and they will have to roll out the red carpet and welcome him in. He's going to be courted. Who knows how much money we saw that was it half a million that um, they, co- they spent to court Arch Manning. God only knows what you're going to have to pay to court OBJ. So the Giants, the Saints and the Bucks apparently. <laughs> but Michael, I think you might be right. I think depending on what somebody's record is, if they need a wide receiver, you know, the, the red flare might go up. Sorry, Mark, I know you want to get on this game. Can I make one more point? Aaron Rodgers yesterday in a live TV uh, recording also said, don't be surprised if we have Odell Beckham here come the end of November. He's going nowhere near Green Bay. And you can quote me on that an hour and 39 minutes saying, into the show. Another team in the mix going, that... He could be playing for Tyrone in January in the National League at this rate. Mark, I had something to say and I forgot about it now, but I, I know you're going to continue on. Uh, but I... I, I wanted to say something, which is very important. Cheers. But now right, I, I, I forgot, so, so go on ahead. Go on ahead. I, was, I was just thinking that Aaron Rodgers has such a good reputation of keeping his wide receivers happy, of course. Um, but um, that being said, I'm, I'm, I maybe shouldn't have said the words Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe it's like saying Beetlejuice. It sparks lots of things off. But if the Rams are waiting for him to provide a spark, then they are seriously looking and holding out. No, Bonnie Tyler, holding out for a hero. He's not a hero. He's not going to be a leader in the same way Andrew Whitworth uh, was and, you know, as a man generally. So that's a big gap that the Rams have, and I entirely agree with Colm in relation to that. Now, on the flip side, I'll say to you, there's, there's a lot of flaws with the Rams, but look at the Cowboys. Like, you know, their, their win against the Bengals, I'm going to say this, who have they beaten? Their win against the Bengals was fueled by emotion, fueled by being completely written off for the whole season. They're terrible, they're awful, and you could see it come out on the field, and they were really revved up for that. Since then, they Commander. beat the Giants, which, Brian, I love you to bits, but the, you know they can't throw the ball down the field, so they're a completely one-dimensional offense in that regard, and the Cowboys do have a decent defense, and they've beaten the Commanders, who we've already written off pretty much as a basket case generally. So, are the Cowboys any good, really, even with Cooper Rush there? Dak is definitely out, by the way, so it is the Cooper show. Um, but for me, it's the Cooper show. Coopers used to make barrels. You know that. That was the job. That's where the name derives from. Cooper would make barrels. Um, but it's not going to be 
uh, Cooper Rush, who's throwing the barrels a la Donkey Kong to knock the other team over. It will be Cooper Cup continuing to shine. And I have the LA Rams winning this. But fine lines. You know, like Brian said, this is a coin flip. I could easily make a case either way. Don't I've save got the Rams yourself. Play. Don't say no, it I'm, I'm being honest. I, I had to check Michael who I said because I actually can't remember. I was like, who did I say to him I picked? Because I flipped on this so many times. But the Rams, the Rams, the Rams. I'm, I'm just remembering. I, by the way, I'm making a one word pick in the second. I'm not wasting time in this anymore. Like we've talked too much about this game for, and everyone's going Alleluia in the podcast uh, and in the comments. Um, the whole court and OJ, OBJ things like when you go to a hotel, you're like, oh yeah, we're getting married. And you sit down, you know, you're getting a free dinner and a few free pints and stuff. And then you go away and look somewhere else. Uh, it's embarrassing. Um, I just don't get it. And like, look, Brian, he's not going to New York. Like, maybe, he's maybe not. I, uh, no, I don't think he is, Michael, because what he will do, he will sit down and decide which team ultimately can get him back playing in the Super Bowl. But the Rams, it could, like, it, well, just, it, look, if the Giants win this weekend, they're four and one. The Rams will use the same model of last year. When did the Rams bring him in last year? It was it around week 12, week probably 20? Give that or January, probably, this rate. No, but seriously, um, it, was, it was around... It was, he, he'll go somewhere where he knows he can make an impact. Some team will have a serious injury to a wide receiver come November. He knows he can step in. Like, he was fortunate last year. Robert Woods got injured a week after he signed. And he ended up becoming... He scored the first touchdown in the Super Bowl. The guy can deliver on the, on the big occasion. I'm not disputing that. I just think it's a bit of a joke. It's like turning up an hour and 45 minutes into the show and then picking Sunday Night Football. Do you know what I mean? Anywho, anywho, anywho. Uh, I'm picking the Cowboys. After after our podcast on Technology Weekly, we turn to the Odell Beckham (laughs) soap opera show. (laughs) Going back to my pick, I'm picking the Cowboys. Um, I'm concerned about the Rams. Genuinely, I'm concerned about the NFC. Big time. And if I'm Odell Beckham, I go to a team in the NFC, preferably Philadelphia, as it stands. But we'll not talk, and we'll not have the Irish Eagles show. We'll talk about that next week whenever we're playing the Cowboys. Sunday Night Football is the Ravens going up against the Bengals. Colin. Yeah, look, obviously divisional game and both of these teams probably not exactly where they would want to be. But the Ravens have developed a habit now of throwing away big leads. And obviously, so Marcus Peters, who has a little bit of history of being a bit hot-headed at times and costing his team, um, nearly go at it with his head coach. Um, and I, that's it's, it's just crazy to, to react that way. But it does point to the frustration that I think players probably have with Harbaugh a, a little bit in terms of trying figuring out you know there are times last year they they went for it and if they'd taken the points they probably would have won so may, maybe we're we're sensing some of that um kind of um creep in there they're also the the fact that the Ravens just you can just throw the ball on them just throw the throw the ball on them so so easily and they don't seem to be able to to shore that up and you know one one of the things I suppose is the way in which you make the Bengals struggle is that you make it difficult to throw the ball because they they don't have a, a running game in, that's been able to get going at all at all. Mixon has had the the touches, but the, the running game has just not worked, um, and and that's why I think this this is a game 
where um you know the the Bengals and Joey Burrow can take advantage of that um Ravens secondary that inability to be able to shut down the passing game and um having picked them last week because I thought they could do a number on the the bills I'm going to say that this week no I'm I'm going you know I, I'm out on the the Ravens for right now I know Lamar is magic but the rest of it is not working and I'm going to say that Burrow and the Bengals get it done when I picked the calls two weeks ago, I said desperate teams win desperate games. And it probably sounds a bit strange to be saying this is a desperate game for the Ravens. But because of the significance of the two defeats in which they've had at home, they really should be 14-0. They've been behind this season for 14 seconds. In those two games, the, two, the seconds remaining in the games combined, 14 seconds. They really should be 4-0. And if they were 4-0, we'd be talking about potentially them being the team that we'll see in Arizona come February. Um, that Bengals offensive line has got a little bit better, but the Dolphins had an opportunity to win the game last week with Teddy Bridgewater playing quarterback for a large part of the game. I wasn't convinced. The score was a little bit distorted in the end because of the late touchdown. It looked like it was a comfortable win for the Bengals, which it wasn't. And I'm going to go with the Ravens. They need to rebound. They can't afford to lose three games at home. Significance of, an, of a divisional game as well. So I think the Ravens on Sunday Night Football will bounce back and beat this Bengals team. Ravens. Bengals. Um, I think the Ravens will score 14 points. Do you know what? Let's put it up. I think the Ravens will go 17 up at half time and the Bengals will come back to win 20 to 17. Nobody, well, people are talking about the fact that the Ravens messed up again last week, but you know, to go out against the Bills with Lamar Jackson, who's in the contract year, as good as he is, and for the offense to not score any points in the second half last, last week was an absolute shambles. And as Healy Ray would say, it's a disgrace. It's a to- it was a complete disgrace. Um, really impressed with the Bengals' offense, their ability to perform well under pressure, regardless of the situation in Miami last week. Bring it on. It's going to be a hell of a game. Bengals to win a close one. Um, and I'll be coming in from London watching that game with a wee cup of tea and I can't wait to watch it it's going to be a great game if the Ravens had a loss last weekend in a kind of ding dong game back and forth and it was a late field goal win 23-20 which it was but I've had it played out in a game where we've seen the season where teams kind of go with each other I don't think the narrative would have been the way it's been for the Ravens this week it's obviously been very negative because of the, the nature of defeat and the nature of the defeat against the Dolphins like that's going to have to be playing on their mind that if they get into these usually that they don't find themselves getting nervous where a team scores a touchdown in the second half potentially and all of a sudden okay here we go again maybe it's better for them to be in a closer game like they had in uh, in New England a couple of weeks ago maybe they don't find themselves in a situation where they're taking the foot off the gas only to see they lose the game in, in a strange manner maybe they're better off being in a competitive game go go toe for toe with the Bengals and come out the right end of it the narrative for me is Joey Ice um, okay I think that's us for the week yeah that's it uh, that is uh, that's us until uh, Sunday, where we will be joined by. Uh, obviously, uh, I think we have three confirmed um, special guests. Do do we want to? Do we want to? Are they, are we holding them uh, as a surprise? Holding them hostage, uh, Colin, until they arrive at the uh, the location. I think we can maybe put out a message towards the back end of the week, confirming the names if you wish. We have got mattress Mick. Um, Ian Paisley Jr. 
and <laughs> I can't even anymore. We'll be back on Sunday at half nine. It's live on Twitter. It's live on YouTube. And I'm just putting it out here for the public. We may go live before that if we get set up. Sorry, but we might, lads. Get her in. Good luck. Uh, no, seriously, looking forward to this game on Sunday. I can't wait to see who we're all going to pick in uh, at the end of it. Uh, some Can we just say right now, some juicy picks tonight, lads. Jesus wept. Seriously, Absolutely. like come on, like my god, and that's on me as well. Uh, looking forward to the weekend. Appreciate your time. That's, Thanks. That's what, that's what makes it so fun. There is there is one one question. I think Mark, you addressed this earlier, but um, Derek Slattery wants to know, and it may be for his fantasy team, uh, it, it, Heinz or uh, Philip Lindsay. I'm more Heinz. of a daddy's fan instead of Heinz, but um, is that Heinz? Um, Bachelor, bachelors for me. Najee oh Hines. Yes. Oh my God! They they they, they they made the the Mark jokes, not Mark. Yeah, that's that's when you know it's uh it's time to uh call time to go. To the week five <laughs> time to preview. Thanks, uh, thanks for uh, joining us. Thanks everyone for the comments. Fine, folks. Appreciate your time. See you on Sunday. Keep her lit. Good luck. Good night.